For the millions of immigrants who traveled to America seeking a new life, Ellis Island was the first step on their journey. Some forged the path across the Atlantic Ocean alone, while others brought their families seeking new opportunities and better futures for their children. The journey across the sea was perilous, though it was only the beginning. Many of these families would not make it through together. Mothers and fathers separated from their children for days weeks, or even months at a time. But in the worst case scenario, this separation could last indefinitely if one or more of them did not pass the strict examinations to get into the country. Today, we will discover the stories of families who were separated at Ellis Island. I'm your host, Ryan Sokash, and you're watching It's History. get started today, I have an exciting announcement. Thanks to our sponsor, Established Titles, I officially became a lord, and you can too. Let me explain. Established Titles is a fun and novel way to preserve the natural woodlands of Scotland while helping global reforestation efforts. This project is based on a historic Scottish custom where landowners are referred to as lords and ladies in English. Title packs give you at least one square foot of dedicated land with a unique plot number on a private estate in Eddleston, Scotland and an official certificate with a crest. We plant a tree with every order and work with global charities One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future to support global reforestation efforts. You could officially include the title Lord or Lady on your credit card slash plane tickets slash dating profiles, etc. It makes a great last-minute gift. So if you'd like to become a Lord as well, I've got a great deal for you. The first 200 people purchasing a title pack using my link will effectively be next to my plot. Within a few minutes of walking distance. Depending on how many of you want to become a lord or lady, we can build our own little It's History kingdom. This makes an amazing last-minute gift. Established Titles is actually running a massive Black Friday sale right now. Plus, if you use the code It's History, you get an additional 10% off. Go to EstablishedTitles.com slash It's History to get your gifts now and help support the channel. Before we talk about these disturbing stories, I'd like to offer you some critical context. 445,987 immigrants passed through Ellis Island after surviving a perilous transatlantic journey in the first year alone. Most immigrants, especially families who had to pay passage for multiple people, could not afford to travel in anything other than steerage, the lowest paying class on the ship. They were packed together in dark, dirty spaces below deck. They had very little privacy, and rats were sadly not uncommon. Food and water were scarce, and though many passengers went to the deck to get fresh air, sickness was also relatively common, as very few had traveled overseas before. For the children who made this journey, a few lucky ones might have a first or second class passenger throw candies down to them. When they reached New York Harbor, the first and second class passengers were screened and sent to New York City. However, the majority of passengers who made up steerage were kept aboard, sometimes for several days, because of the sheer number of immigrants trying to enter through Ellis Island. Afterward, they were offloaded to the processing center to begin a lengthy screening process that would change their life, either for better 
or for much worse. Men were separated from women and children to be screened for entry. It is difficult to imagine just how nerve-wracking this ordeal may have been to the many who had made the journey, as there was no possible way to know if they would be denied entry, even after all they went through. They were given a six-second physical, a physical examination that in a way was both quick and efficient. The medical staff would check for easily spread diseases such as cholera or tuberculosis. They were then given a mental health check and if an immigrant did not pass, it would be marked with chalk to be further examined. Next, the immigrants had to pass a legal inquiry. They were asked if they could read and write, where they came from and where they were headed, and if they could support themselves financially, among many other questions to prove that they would be good future citizens. If the immigrant passed these tests, they would be given a landing card and begin their new life in America. But the unfortunate truth is that for every 10 immigrants who attempted these tests, two would fail and be sent back to their home country. This was especially tragic for families as it was not uncommon for only a part of the family to pass the examination. From there, they were faced with a tough choice, whether to split up, having those who failed be sent home, or stay together and risk losing their chance at escaping poverty and war in their home country. In these cases, it was not rare for the older children to enter America while parents or siblings would head home. But typically, if the father was rejected, the entire family would have to go, as they depended on him to find work in America. Well, if the mother or one of the daughters were rejected, the family would commonly split up, sending the rejected family members on their way. And these aren't the only reasons that families got split up. Sickness was not uncommon, especially for those who had been in steerage on their journey overseas. Temporary family separation would occur when select family members would be quarantined in a hospital at Ellis Island during the duration of their recovery. In these type of ordeals, they would need to be separated from their family for days, weeks, or months at a time. And while many efforts were made to make the ordeal less stressful and more comfortable for the children who went through it, one can only imagine the fear and uncertainty they must have felt. These hospitals played a crucial role in deciding whether families would be admitted to America or not. As if the sick family member did not get well, they would either have to split up or return to their home country. Shockingly, children 12 years or older could be released and get sent back to Europe alone, unless of course their family chose to go back with them. And separation back then was very serious because in most cases, once the separation occurred, be it by choice or force, the family members would typically never have a possibility to see one another again. It's not like today with social connectivity. Separation was truly separation. And I just need to warn you, some of these stories I'm going to share are quite dark. As 85% of individuals who passed during quarantine were under the age of 13. But we'll start off with a moderate one. John Gacker was only five when he arrived at Ellis Island with his mother in 1929. He was diagnosed and hospitalized with diphtheria, a highly contagious bacterial disease. Separated from his mother, Gacker feared that he would never see her again, but once he recovered from his illness, he was able to rejoin his mother and start a new life with her in America. Not unlike young Angela Piazza and Maria Carmela, who had immigrated with their siblings and parents, they came down with the measles and were hospitalized 
on Ellis Island while they recovered as their families were released and waited at the St. Raffaello Society Hospice Center until Angela recovered at which point they continued traveling. Seymour Ritzite, a Jewish immigrant from Poland and a child star, came down with a cold over the course of his journey and had to be separated from his father for a few days. Ritzite recalls immigration officers informing him that he could, quote, not go with my father. Though I cried and I begged, I was terrified to be all alone in this strange place. He remarked that it was like being in a jail, and that Seymour, along with the other sick children, often questioned their fate. But after his cold went away, his father and uncle came to pick him up, and together they finally continued on their way to America. Sadly, many stories at Ellis Island did not end the same. One such tragedy is the story of Martha Strom, a Swiss immigrant whose son died on Ellis Island. Strom, her husband, and their two children arrived at Ellis Island on December the 20th, 1920, after an overseas journey on the ship La Savoie from Lehar, France. The journey lasted over a month. Stram, who was pregnant with their third child at the time, suffered from the mumps during this arduous journey, and not long after they landed at Ellis Island, her son Walter, who was just two years old at the time, became sick with measles, scarlet fever, and pneumonia. Naturally, he was hospitalized. Strom and her family were detained on Ellis Island for six long weeks, and only one of them could visit him for five minutes weekly. Though these visits were from a distance and through a glass door, and no one was allowed to be close to him. On February the 9th, 1921, the Stroms were informed that Walter had passed in the night. They were released on February the 11th, though they were not told what happened to his body until decades later, when one of her daughters reached out to obtain the death certificate that stated he had been buried in a New York communal cemetery. Sadly, this story is emblematic of many of the worst-case scenarios that played out on Ellis Island. And then we have the story of a young girl who immigrated to live with her parents who had already become U.S. citizens. She traveled across the Atlantic only to be turned away at the gates because she was deemed, quote, feeble-minded. This then forced her parents to make a decision that no parent would ever want to be faced with, as they had other children living in the U.S. already, but no one back in Berlin to look after the daughter that was being sent home. So they decided to split their family up, with one parent traveling back to Germany with her. So as we look back at our ancestors, it's essential to recognize the struggles that were necessary to forge a new life in the United States, as it was very much through these types of sacrifices that many of us exist today. So keep their stories alive by sharing this video, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. This is Ryan Sokash signing off.